everybody, welcome back to Link's Cast. I'm Matt. And I'm Tyler. I remember. Like, like every week we remember to do it the right, right way, I'm going to comment on it because it's so rare. Uh, nope. Eventually it'll become the point where we actually do it right every week, and then I won't. it won't be such a rare thing, but uh, as of right now, it's still pretty rare. Yeah, then we'll get those comments of people being like, um, why do you keep saying that you're doing it right? You always do it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then all you got to do is remember the first times we started doing it this way, and you realize how wrong we actually got it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point we didn't remember our own names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is the Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things, which is surprising given the title of the show. Uh, I know. I mean, there's going to be that one stoner out there that comes in and says, mm, what are the shows about? Mm. <laughs> I bet it's about cooking. <laughs> it's definitely a cooking show. He's like, where are all the eggs? <laughs> like, dude, this is chopped, right? <laughs> which one? So if this is the cooking show, which one of us is Martha Stewart? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, definitely. De- well, wait, wait, hold on. Which one of us likes butter more? That, that's the answer. Well, I mean, you, you are from more south than I am, so you almost have to fry things more often. It's literally in the job description of being from below Ohio. <laughs> well, okay, so one of my favorite things is biscuits, and not like the, the European biscuits. I'm not talking about it's like some bullshit cookie here. I'm talking about that like nice fluffy biscuit, like and then that covered in butter and then with honey. Oh my good lord, it's the best. So yeah, I guess I'm Martha Stewart here. And Martha Stewart. All right. Well, then I'll be I'll be Gordon Ramsay because I got the anger problems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the, the the show is literally like five seconds in. We've already gone way off. <laughs> All right. So Tyler, what have you been doing this week in Linux? Well, um, I have been focused on remaking a lot of my thumbnails, um, or at, at the very least, I've changed up my thumbnail like template, and I think I've really found something that I actually like looks really good. They're very pretty. Um, Thank you, man. Uh, I, I think they're coming out a lot better. Um, I've actually gotten ahead on videos, which is like awesome. Like, I mean, as anyone, anyone out there who makes videos can attest, getting ahead on videos is not an easy thing. Um, I don't expect to maintain it for a while. Um, but I've, uh, I've also got the time this weekend that I'm going to be, uh, put into working on the wagon. So I'll have it finished this weekend or, at the very least have the structure and everything ready to start putting like stuff in for the rabbits and putting like laminate down or not, not, well, yeah, laminate, um, down on the inside. So it's like a much better sleeping floor, uh, or place to sleep and everything, uh, put a mattress on. Um, and then I also made merch for DT, which was super interesting. We'll see how, like, see what he does with it. If anything, I just, I got him the file sent to him. Um, also found out that he will use discord to talk to people, which is interesting. I'm waiting for the day that he does pop into my discord or yours like that. That's going to be an insane day. I don't think he's going to pop into my discord. I have a tendency to piss him off every time I call him not bald. It's <laughs> 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 not bald. He's like, he can, he can grow hair. I don't know if you were in the stream, but like it was a, about two or three minutes after DT left the stream, um, one of his patrons popped in, and well, and my patrons popped in, and <laughs> he goes, he immediately goes in, he's like, "Stop, everyone, stop!" 
DT is bald. He's like, I need y'all to look up the definition of bald. And he's like, I read out the definition. He goes, see, see, he's bald. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for me, like what I've done this week in length, I've, I, I have a few things I want to talk about, uh, including what I actually typed in the show notes. But first, I just want to say the last three days on the channel have been the best three days that I've ever had. Like we've crippled views, like whoa, had almost 400 new subs in the last three days. Um, oh my! At God. one point, the views were up to 17,000 views in two days. Like you know how it gives you 48 hour count? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been absolutely nuts. It's but it was the Pop OS video that just kind of went absolutely crazy, and then the Linus Tech Tips videos have just uh, those things have been pure gold mines. <laughs> It's absolutely nuts on the channel. So uh, if you are new to the channel, welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to the absolute madness that this channel is. Because you'll know the variance in videos that I post. Because yesterday I posted a six, seven minutes video ranting about the pronunciation of Gnome. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I watched watched a little bit of that video. (laughs) It's the greatest thing ever. And I've been getting my ass trolled so hard in the comments section. It's great. (laughs) I, I don't think people realize that I was joking through the entire thing because I was acting like I was really mad and shit. <laughs> it was great. Anyways, that's the kind of shit you can expect if you've subscribed. If you haven't subscribed, if you're just here watching, uh, definitely hit that subscribe button because uh, there's some really good stuff. Like I have an hour-long polybar tutorial coming up. It is recorded. Uh, it's not all edited yet. It's taking me forever to edit, man. It's just forever. Mm-hmm. So probably sometime next week. But it is... Uh, really good, I think, at least so far. So if you if you want to go through and um, watch some tutorial on Polybar, that's definitely coming up. I'm doing a lot more of that stuff. There's more distress to com- stuff coming up, and uh, we'll talk about Tyler's stuff when we get to the contact information. But go subscribe to him too because he's got like I, I keep saying this like he's the, freaking this close to a thousand like what forty mm-hmm. away now. I less than. Oh, yeah. see, so he's getting really close. Like maybe we, let's come on. Everybody is in the chat. If you haven't already, go subscribe to his channel right now. I mean, stop watching this nonsense. Go subscribe to his stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. Anyway, come Then, then right come back. back. You got to come back because we got some good stuff planned. Anyways, uh, that <laughs> I just want to talk a little bit about the channel because it's been, it's been. It, I've been I've been watching the the numbers just go up like. <laughs> Like, like, what's going on, man? I, That's I, incredible. And one thing I'll say is you definitely deserve it, man. You're pushing out some good videos. Like, I appreciate that. But, man, it's just – it was really – it's just absolutely shocking. Anyways, um, I said I should do another Linux Mint should die oh, video. <laughs> and before I forget, because this is on Matt's channel, let me make this – very clear because Matt is very smart. He has me hosting all of his merch on my uh, store. So if you want to pick up his merch, I don't know if he's sharing the link in the description right now. You can go over all of uh, in all of my very recent videos. I have the link for merch down there and you can find his merch over there and it supports this podcast. The, so yeah, the link to the merch store will be in the video description and the, uh, the show notes, but it's not in the description of the live stream. And so. you'll find like some really cool like Arco hoodies over there that I made because Matt loves Arco and they're pretty nice. So definitely yeah, go check them out. Good stuff. Definitely go go there. Anyways, uh, the other thing that I've been doing on Linux this week 
is the, um, I've been watching the the this guy. I'm not sure what his name is. I can never remember his name. I think I can find it here real quick though. Uh, his name was uh, Hector Martin. Okay, he's uh, the the main. I think he's the main developer behind uh, uh, Asahi Linux. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but it's the Linux that's meant for running on the M1 Max. And I've been watching his live streams where he's trying to get to work on the new M1s. Uh, I have no clue what he's doing, right? I have no, I'm not a programmer, but man, is it really fascinating to watch him code. Uh, he's, he's got, he uses Kate as a, as a tech, as an IDE, which is, I mean, awesome. I mean, it's just like cool. random KDE, like he's a, obviously the biggest KDE Plasma guy ever. Cause he uses all KDEs. Like he uses console as his tech, his, his terminal emulator. And <laughs> like, um, and he has like, he, he likes tabs the way I like workspaces. I mean, literally he has like 400 tabs in console open. Uh, like, I don't, it's probably not that many, but I mean, it's like the entire, like, you know how the tabs open up in console along the bottom? Uh, yeah. He has like, like dozens of them along the bottom of consoles <laughs> open. And in Kate, Kate has the ability to do tabs as well. And he has like tons and tons of tabs and they're side by side in a, in a split. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> like, I have no clue what he's doing, but it's really cool. And he streams for like five hours at a time. And, uh, it just kind of it, it's kind of awe inspiring about how much work goes into actually getting Linux to work on certain types of hardware, but also kind of gives you an idea of how much stuff there is in Linux that kind of all has to be worked on by someone. Like there's someone mm-hmm. out there working right now on like the most random piece of of Linux things out there, and uh, it, it's kind of cool. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's kind of cool. Like, this is why we do this. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I, I A link to the most recent live stream will be in the, the show notes. Uh, man, it was good. Like, I didn't watch the whole five hours because, I mean, I, I don't have that kind of time. But I kept coming back to it. Like, it's just so good. Anyways. So. <coughs> time to get rid of the COVID. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Cough it out. Yeah. So if you want to get in contact with us, we're moving on to the contact information. We're only 12 minutes in. It's a, it's a, uh, an astonishing surprise. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Follow me on Twitter at the LinuxCast. You can follow me on uh, Odyssey at the LinuxCast. And you can support me on Mastodon. I've actually been using Mastodon for the last couple of days. Uh, I'm at Dr. MDub on there. Uh, I have the, that link will be in the, the show notes in the video description as well. Uh, I'm actually kind of finding that I like Mastodon now because you can actually go through and Im- there are bots on Mastodon that will allow you to follow people on Twitter. So you can oh, okay. go through and follow all of your Twitter stuff on Mastodon and you never have to visit Twitter. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's I haven't gone through and done, like I haven't done, gone through and done everybody yet, but it's actually kind of cool. Uh, anyways, that's on Mastodon. You can contact us via email, email at linuxcast.org. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash LinuxCast. I'll thank all the current patrons at the end of the show. And like I said earlier, Tyler, who goes by Zany Online, has both an Odyssey and a YouTube channel and a merch store. Those links will be in the video description below. Go subscribe to him. He's awesome. He does a lot of cool stuff. Um, obviously, I mean, he's here, right? I'm, I'm talking to him like he's like not in the room. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you can also subscribe to the LinuxCast on YouTube at youtube.com. Slash LinuxCast. That was the best contact information sec- section I've ever done in my life. Uh, I'm gonna True. record. I, I'm gonna cut that part out and use it every single time. Never do one of those again. You should. All right. Anyways, uh, you know what I didn't do before we started is actually open up the links to the uh, 
the the news. So Tyler, what is your news this week? Uh, mine is actually it's <clears throat> to do with open source jobs, um, and uh, of course, my link is just now loaded up. Awesome. Uh, it took and me, I had it open. It, like it took me a while to open it too. It took a while to load. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Linux Insider, for getting some really good servers, man. Yeah, yeah. Talk, go talk to Linode, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they can help you out on way better, give you a hundred percent speed. Uh, but so apparently there is a a lot of struggle in the industry now finding, um, you know, open source or filling open source positions, um, and it's sort of interesting um but apparently there's a lot of um great jobs that are you know either already here or opening up in the like cloud space uh especially when it comes to open source because obviously companies like linode um companies like like linode and linode themselves are growing um if you haven't heard like um i believe it's linode is rolling out um they're upgrading all of their uh, data centers with nvme drives and it's no extra cost to you just if you already have a server with them it's getting upgraded to an nvme uh just no extra cost whatsoever so a lot of these companies are growing expanding there's new jobs in them um and Essentially, what I'm saying here is, is according to this article, if uh, you're super into open source and you want to get a good job in the field, go out there and hunt for it. Because there's there's a healthy job market uh, for open source jobs. Um, Now, of course, there's always going to be complaining, you know, um, about there not being enough people. But open source is very much in, in high demand. Just yeah. good to hear. Well, I mean, it's good to hear that there are jobs, but it seems to be like every industry these days can't get enough people. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, not to get into the whole politics thing, but really weird. Things how there's still like six hundred thousand people without jobs. Like yeah, like go get a job. It's okay. Do we? I know we live in the weirdest time. Like there's super high unemployment, and all the companies are like, "Please come, you know, we need, we need to get." Employees. All right, so this is totally off topic. But did you hear that Upper New York is offering snowplow drivers three hundred dollars an hour to to go to for their seasonal jobs up there? Like, okay, well you want Sorry, mom and dad, I'm leaving. I'm going to New York. <laughs> an hour, and some of the times those, I mean, they're going to work some overtime because, you know, I mean, they get like 12,000 feet of snow in Buffalo, New York. (laughs) Our our school bus drivers around here are getting their offering. So it's free CDL training. So you get free professional like bus driving and um, also like uh, truck driving training. And then they start you out at $28 an hour, which that's literally about four times like minimum wage and maybe even more. No, that's, that's, that's four times. It's minimum wage. Yeah, is seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About four times. And you, you also get, they give you a six month raise or what was it? After your six months there, they give you like, um, can't remember what it's called, but something it's like a, uh, I can't remember what they call it, but they give you a thousand dollars after six months, which is, this is right. Here's why everything's so expensive. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you, you can't pay somebody three hundred dollars an hour and then not have inflation. I guess like that's yeah. like, that's that's. I mean, I failed economics in college a couple times. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure I understood that much. Uh, anyways, that's completely off. Um, that's like it's not even not not part of what we should be talking about. That, but still, well, I mean, yeah. it did sort of relate to the to my article on jobs in open source. Those were not uh, bus driving is not an open source job. I don't think I don't think school buses <laughs> operate on on Linux, but. Who knows? <laughs> One day we might be talking about an article that says, you know, school buses in Canada are getting converted to like Linux chips. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there has to be some kind of open source software drivers in a in a like the electric buses or something. I'm sure there has to be. Uh, Probably. Uh, yeah. Um. So in other words, the world is on fire, and we're all gonna be paying twelve million dollars for a loaf of bread. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, we're screwed. Anyways, uh, on that happy note, let's move on to mine. So, uh, this was big news, obviously, and I made uh, that Pop! OS video that I made blew up, but I wanted to cover it a little bit in the podcast itself. System76, which makes Pop! OS, has decided to abandon GNOME and move to their own desktop environment, which is going to be built in Rust, because, I mean, what else could it possibly be? Uh, exactly. Written in. I mean, I mean, please build a desktop environment in C. Are you nuts? Nobody's yeah. ever done that before. That's, disgu- that's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, gross. seriously, I'm just, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth because <laughs> just, the, just the thought of building a desktop environment in anything but Rust is just it, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. It'd be like a a, a Halloween movie. <laughs> Anyways, we really don't know much about this new uh, desktop environment other than it's going to be built in Rust. It's going to look basically the same. It's going to be not be using GTK, obviously, and it's they're going to be getting as far away from GNOME as possible. Now, they've had many problems with GNOME, and we've talked about some problems that everybody seems to have with GNOME, but from a developer's perspective, uh, they are really upset with the fact that every time a new GNOME comes out, all the extensions they use to make Pop! OS, you know, be pop os completely break so that's basically their biggest problem is that they want to have more control over their desktop memory which i can which completely understand right yeah yeah and it it, it, it's not even surprising either because i mean if you listen to any other project that bases their stuff off of gnome all of the that's that's all of their complaints they're like every time uh, gnome updates it breaks stuff that we use it's it's a common thing gnome is not focused on the other projects based off of them whatsoever. They'll make a change and break compatibility with stuff left and right. Now, the question that I have when it comes to this desktop is, will it keep the same appearance that it has now? I hope not. According to the Reddit post, it will look almost precisely as it looks now. Um, But... I mean, they said it's still early days, so who knows? I mean, maybe it will, they'll make some updates, but they just changed to this look and feel. That's not going to go anywhere, I don't think. I don't care what it looks like. I think my opinion is that it's just great that GNOME is finally being abandoned by so many. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope that Ubuntu's next. Like, I just really hope that even if Ubuntu does something stupid, like build their next desktop environment in Flutter, which is like Google Lite. Uh, I I wouldn't care just because I, I hate go, Gnome the people behind Gnome that much like 
Like, I tried GNOME for like a week. GNOME is actually an okay desktop environment. Like, it's fine if that's the way you want to use your computer with zero customization and all that stuff. There are a lot of people out there say, well, what are you going to say, Tyler? What? Did I, you did I, you just I made, say GNOME is acceptable? I made a video that said exactly that that it, that for I, people who want just a simple computing experience, which there are people out there like that. I'm not one of them. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Tyler's like, what? I mean, who the fuck are you? What would you do with Matt? Well, I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Matt's been replaced. Like, like I'm a pod, I'm a pod person, but no, but, but I mean, there are people out there who enjoy that type of thing where they just want to get their work done. Like that Linus tech, to, like Linus in the, the, the LTT thing, he was talking about how he wants one good way of doing things, which well, first of all, that's not Linux. I mean, there's 12 ways of doing everything on Linux. You're just going to have to get used to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But otherwise, to, what really what that he would be perfect for GNOME because there's literally one way of doing everything in GNOME unless you open the terminal up or, yeah. you know, install tweaks, which, you know, we'd, he'd have problems doing that anyways. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But Let's be real. The, the point is, I like, I don't know. I think it's good that GNOME is being left behind because I, 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 not necessarily because I want GNOME to like suffer and die, not necessarily, but more because I would hope that if there are less people supporting GNOME and they feel less like they're a bunch of hot shit, uh, then maybe they will reform their ways and become good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Start listening to the community, like I don't know, reasonable <laughs> people. <laughs> You're the one smoking here, man. <laughs> hey, and, and I'm still being reasonable. That's the crazy part. Like we're on our high on something, man. That's just never gonna happen. I don't. I think they'll be perfectly happy with Fedora being the only people, only distro that uses GNOME. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Although, I mean, I'm sure like RHEL uses GNOME too because it's basically the same shit. Anyways, um, yeah. So I, I also think that it's good if this ends up being good. Like, like if if this new Pop OS thing ends up being good and they're going to distribute that to the community, there's a possibility that we have an, like an extra option. You know what I mean? That's not written in Qt. That's not written in GTK. And f- while I bemoan fragmentation a lot, I also think more options are kind of good uh, yeah. when it comes to desktop environments, especially good ones because they're not – really, there aren't a lot of good ones uh, that are supported by big corporations. And – at least in terms of being supported by a bunch of developers that have money and resources behind them. So, um, well, look, as much as fragmentation and options causes confusion, it's really good because if you try something and it doesn't work out for you, you've got plenty of other options and they're all different. So I laughed during that, uh, that first LTT challenge video because the first thing he Linus complained about was, there's too much choice on Linux. And then he discovered why choice is so good because Papa West crashed on him and he was able to go to Manjaro. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe there's a good reason to have 12 different distros that you can choose mm-hmm. from. You know? I mean, yeah, because just... if, if one team isn't focusing on one area and you can't use your computer without that one area, like, I don't know, you know, it it's still working when you don't follow the most basic thing that anybody will tell you to do after you install Linux update. But you know, like you've got other choices. There are definitely other projects out there that are like, let's make sure that our system does not crash when we have people loading it up. Like, you know, 
elementary OS used to be that way. Hopefully they've reformed and gotten better, but I haven't checked them out recently. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if their app store still has probably doesn't have Firefox in it yet. So yeah, uh, yeah. until that happens, <laughs> well, I mean, they've been adding stuff from Flathub, so maybe maybe it's better. Who knows? All right. So moving on to the main topic. So this wasn't really one of our challenge videos. This wasn't one where we spent a lot of time you know, challenging each other to do something. But we call it the five app challenge. And what we, we were trying to do here is we were, we, we were challenged to both set out to find five applications that the other person hadn't ever heard of. And for each application that you surprise the other person with, you get a point. The person with the most points at the end wins. Now, I highly expect us to both have like four points uh, at the end of this. Um, so it's not much of a challenge, but the point really the point, my point behind thinking this up was if we can find some applications that are kind of cool that nobody's ever heard of before, or maybe few people have ever heard of before, it'll be kind of fun. So that is what we're going to be doing first. And uh, this should be very interesting because uh, I have all the tabs open here, but I have no order to them whatsoever. Uh, these are, this is going to be uh, Randall all. Is this going to be rando as much as possible? So the first app up on our list, and this one, uh, actually, how do we want to do this, Tyler? We just want to go back and forth. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. All right, well, you want to let's go, uh, let's go with one of yours first, number five on your list, which is oh, this one here, I believe. So Tyler, you're number five on the list. All right, so okay, um, by the same list, otherwise you're going to be starting from the top. I'll be starting from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, five should be lollipop. Correct. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah. So lollipop is um, it's 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 a much more um, um, well integrated GNOME music player uh, than Rhythmbox is, which most distributions are going to come with Rhythmbox out out of the gate and um, lollipops much better and um, I mainly picked this one because uh, for one it wasn't too hard to find slash remember um, like I've never used it but I had heard about it and at first I thought it was a Linux distro um, and but then I heard it referenced again and it was talking about it being for GNOME and a music player and I was like oh and then I copied it for here I thought it was also a great option because I was like it's for GNOME Matt won't know a damn thing about it. That turned out to be not true. <laughs> no, I've I've actually used Lollipop before uh, as a when I was using it, like a GUI version of a, a, like iTunes. When I was searching for that. Um, it's hilarious because my pick of the week is from the GNOME Foundation. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you you think my uh, uh, my uh, irritation with GNOME is much. Water, wider and broader than it actually is but yeah i've used this one before it's good uh i think it's probably one of the better ones uh, especially if you're using gtk there's a couple for cute that are good too uh, but yeah uh, just use a terminal app i mean seriously yeah <laughs> it's much better all right so that is uh lollipop it's a good it's a good one so uh my first one so i'm gonna close this so that, so that i can get rid of some of these tabs because i gotta just like, this is ridiculous okay so my first one uh, i'm just gonna go with this one deluge so we might as well get rid of so this one one you also have heard of right mm -hmm. all right so yep. this is a um a bit torn app it's lightweight i it has a it's called a web ui or whatever however <laughs> it's really weird but anyways, it's available cross-platform. 
it's just a different uh, uh, a BitTorrent client than what you would, you know, like transmission or uh, what was on the Q, QT, QT, what's the QT one? QT torrent? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, that's the luge. I think I've heard of that. It's the one that comes with KDE. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not a big torrenter anymore. I used like it used to be, but not so much anymore. Um, anyways, that's Deluge. I don't... I get, Their website does not show a... Excuse me. Random belch. Anyways, <laughs> the... the, um, <laughs> the, the web, their website does not show a... Like a... Like a screenshot. So... Of course, because that would be too much to ask. I mean, pictures? Hello? Pictures? <laughs> pictures! Anyways, that is Deluge. So your next one is going to be uh, Test Disk. I've never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Test Disk is pretty neat. It's a completely FOSS, so free and open source, data recovery tool that you can use. Um, and I don't know on what different platforms it's available for, but it seems it seems pretty competent. It seems like it's available on um, a few different ones: Windows, um, BSD, SunOS, macOS, mm-hmm. Linux, DOS. So I mean, it's available for I, DOS. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure that it's available for everything, but for most things, you should be able to use it to recover data. Um, and it seems like it's pretty well touted like a lot of people use it uh, so yeah um that's a pretty handy tool you might just want to keep in your repertoire yeah it looks really cool but i would also like to challenge anyone out there who's listening to this if you still run dos i'd like to hear <laughs> because seriously man and I, and I don't mean like I I've in, I just installed this dos so i can talk to you about it i mean like you actually use dos yeah like, like, I would like to meet this person, because you're obviously a special person. <laughs> you're one of God's special people, you know? <laughs> and, like, DOS, like, you can still... You, you'd have to DOS. be... Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be using it for some, like, hyper-specialized, like, use case. Like, Games. like I mean, I don't even know about that, because that's not really even running DOS. Like, you're really just running an emulator. Like, I mean, if you want to play a game, you're just running DOS. Like, you're probably running DOS Box. Be, like just as an emulator. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like running the um, like the Mac OS nine emulator or whatever. Mm-hmm. For whatever yeah. reason, why you would want that, but whatever. Okay, so my next one is uh, let's see here. We'll go with uh, oops, that's the wrong one. Uh, Bookworm. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, Bookworm is a free and open source ebook reader. Uh, I'm not sure what it's written in. But it supports EPUBs, PDFs, MOBIs, uh, all the basic formats for, uh, you know, ebooks. So if you're going to read an ebook on your uh, Linux machine, this is a cool, and it looks really nice. I mean, it looks really nice. It looks, it's, it's very, very well designed. It, it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like it was designed for elementary OS, uh, <laughs> but you can install it from pretty much anywhere. I believe it's in the AUR, so if you wanted to install it on Arch, you could do so. Uh, and anyways, uh, the one, the thing that I was thinking of this for was, uh, I wonder how well this works on those that new JingPad that came out, because that'd be really cool, because I'd love to get one of those and be able to read my books mm. on there. That'd be cool. Anyways, that's yeah. Bookworm. Okay, so we're flying through these. Uh, let me close some tabs here. So I close that. I can close this and uh, I close this. 
Right, See, so, we're just making up for all those times that we went over with the podcast. Yeah, we're just going, going right fast. So your next one is called uh, Brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, brackets is a fantastic, um, like, lightweight IDE. Um, it's more, like, modern. And uh, for one thing, it's FOSS, which is awesome. And it's particularly made for someone who's trying to get into web development. Um, so if you're someone who's wanted to get into web development, um, you've lo- you're looking around for IDEs and you want something that's completely FOSS. Um, as far as I know, brackets makes a very good option. Um, I, I just, as far as I know, it's just not super popular. Like it's, um, I mean, I had never heard of it, but it seems like a very cool tool. Um, again, completely open source. Um, seems very flushed out, but it's just not super popular. Um, at least to me, I hadn't heard of it. I never heard of it either. Um, it does look really cool. It's amazing how many text editors there are out there. I mean, like everybody, like if you don't like your text editor, go write one. Yep. Nope. <laughs> uh, Rogue in the in the chat says that brackets is no longer maintained, but that wasn't a requirement for the challenge. No. So. Um, and also, that doesn't mean that it won't ever start getting maintained. Or maybe there's a fork of it out there. I mean, literally, this is open source software. That's what that's what happens. Okay, so um, my next one is going to be uh, really weird, and neither of us really know what it's for. Uh, but because we were talking about this beforehand so that I could open up the links. But the next one I have is called G-Plates. Now, G-Plates describes itself as a tectonics program to manipulate reconstructions of geological and paleogeological, geographic, paleogeographic, that's a big-ass fucking word, man, I can't just, (laughs) features through geological time, interactively visualized vector, raster, and volume data, uh, Pi G plates is the G plates Python library. Get fine grained access to G plates functionality in your Python scripts. So, uh, the way this was described described to me on Reddit is that this is for world building applications for games. Uh, but, um, I would both Tyler and I think that this is kind of also for scientists. So, yep. um, just from the things that it says here on the on the on the website, it is open source and uh, free and open source software. Uh, it's just, I mean, this thing exists. <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird, uh, but also kind of cool. So no matter what you use it for, it's cool. Uh, I doubt very much that I could actually probably even get it running on my computer because it oh, probably same. it looks like it takes quite a bit of data in order for it to actually work. But um, it really kind of looks cool. So if you I would be very surprised if it doesn't take it like uh, take advantage of like CUDA or something. I mean, it probably does. But uh, anyways, that is G plates, uh, and it's one of those ones that not, neither one of us have ever heard of before. <laughs> so uh, uh, talk about random apps. So that's uh, G plates. So uh, your next one is going to be uh, let's see, what's this next one? Uh, subliminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's. It's pretty easy, straightforward to understand. Very, uh, but very useful though. It's um, it's a good, uh, it, it's a good looking open source um, tool for getting your um, like movies and TV shows downloads like um, subtitles. And it, I mean, it, I mean, for one, it looks, you know, pretty good, and you know, it just accomplishes the task. It's got a 
really nice GitHub that's, or uh, I believe it's GitHub, um, but pretty straight, simple, um, straightforward, explains the whole program. And yeah, I mean, what more could you want? Looks like it has really good documentation too. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I also edited metadata because my movie collection is horrendous when it comes to <laughs> metadata. It's just yep. so bad. Uh, okay, so that is subliminal. I'd never heard of that one either. So that one's there. Okay, so my next one is uh, this should be. We each have one left, right? Uh, yes. Okay. My next one is eagle mode. Now, I have some screenshots of this thing. This thing looks weird. <laughs> okay, so if you wonder what this thing is, it's a graphical file manager. Uh, and it describes itself as a zoomable user interface. And I'm showing some of the screenshots of this right now. Uh, that Basically, you get into this thing by... Uh, zooming into directories with your mouse like it's really weird uh, i don't know why you'd want to use it but it exists um and uh it's like it's weird it has like i don't know if you can see, like has tons of little buttons on it and stuff but you you know zoom into it using your mouse and i don't know what you'd use it for but it like i said it exists uh now if you watch brody i believe he featured this on his channel. Uh, I only just now kind of remembering that, but uh, yeah, this, I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's the weird, one of the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So <laughs> weird. Uh-huh. Looks, it, it looks like it was from like the early nineties. Well, it does. And it, the thing is, it's still being like developed and stuff. So as far as I know, it's still being developed, but it, the, the, the UI is just the weirdest thing ever. Um, so yeah, yes, that is, is, that is Eagle mode. Um, so the next one and your last one is called, uh, Laverna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us about and, this. Uh, this one is really nice. It's a good, uh, modern open source, um, markdown editor. And so, uh, you, I mean, dude, it's, it's a great note taking app. Um, you, you can go in here. Do all of your stuff that you want to. It, it looks good. Um, it's not super big on resources or anything. You know, it's, it's not like one of those electron note taking apps. It's just a big old bloated web app. Um, it's, it's pretty nice. It does look nice. Um, I never heard of this one either. So, uh, out of all of them, the only one that I heard of for you was Lollipop and you had heard of Deluge, right? That's it. So we yep. each got four points. We're both winners. Yep. Yeah, it's too bad that I didn't win because I had some really good gloating, uh, gloating topics <laughs> to go over. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, we we flew right through those. So a couple things that I noticed in the chat. Somebody up here said that um, the Japanese banks, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I didn't catch your name. Uh, the Japanese banks in uh, use old IT systems and that they used uh, floppy disks and DOS still there, which um. <laughs> It really, makes me wanna, it really makes me want to. Really makes me want to go banking in Japan. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just saying those things are really secure. I'm just. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, somebody else said that their landlord, I think, uses DOS. Um, which okay. Um, I also want to give him my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Let's see. So, um, I was going through some of the chat here. Some. Somebody said that the the eagle might that eagle mode might be good for people with disabilities. Maybe it's going to depend on how scalable those graphics are because 
you know yeah. uh, the, the thing about you don't want that thing to get really big i'm not sure how big it gets <laughs> um, and also is it customizable because that thing doesn't look all that great right yeah i don't know it, <laughs> a file manager more with like voiceover capability seems more like what you'd need um yeah. so yeah that is uh Somebody said zero out of ten UI for that eagle. Like, yeah, that's not a very good. <laughs> but I, I think that was just. I think they used it just for fun, right? I think that's what they did it for was to, to fun. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that is. Uh, those are the ten apps that we came up with. Uh, in the comment section of the video below, if you uh, aren't watching this live, like if you're watching this later. If you have some obscure apps that you'd like to share, leave them in the comment section. Tyler and I would love to check those out, but just remember, do not leave a link because YouTube will take that comment and just like Pac-Man. Yep. You know, it'll just eat it right up. So uh, no links. Anyways, uh, always interesting finding out new new apps. Um, of the ones that we shared today, um, the note-taking apps that you shared were uh, very interesting and might be worth a look at. Uh, the G plates thing, I don't think either of us have a use for. <laughs> no. Uh, the, so. Neither the eagle mode either, um, which is sad. But anyways, those are the apps. So let's go ahead. We're just flying to this episode. Uh, where are all the tangents? Where are the freaking tangents? I know. Yeah, this, is, this is rude. We're, we're, yeah, we're this is odd. We're, we're, we're depriving our audience of uh, tasty content. <laughs> Anyway, so moving on to the apps of the week, I think actually I'm still on, like, yeah, so where I'm actually still on the browser, so, but it's okay. Um, so I'll go first this week. So Seahorse is a application that will is designed for managing encryption keys and password, but it's designed for the GNOME keyring. So if you use GNOME or a GTK-based uh, uh, desktop environment, you could use this in kd as well obviously but um basically what this is is the password manager it also is for encryption keys and stuff like that so if you manage a whole bunch of uh like gpg keys or you know stuff like that for uh, like your email or whatever you can go through and use this to manage those as well including passwords uh it's not like this is this application is not the most complex password manager that you're ever going to find like it doesn't have a ton of features like bitwarden or one password or anything like that but it's very simple it looks and feels like it's made for gnome because guess what it was look it you know is made for gnome so uh that is seahorse it's uh i don't know that i would ever use it because i use bitwarden but i was kind of going through and discovering some other password managers when i came across this uh, and I'd never heard of it before. It was going to make my never heard of list, but I decided just to use it as a password man or a pick of the week. So uh, that's Seahorse. Uh, links in the video description. So Tyler, your pick of the week. Um, mine is Obsidian, and uh, Obsidian is a really good like text editor um, that you can get. It it works. Um, it has a really good UI to it, and it essentially you're just going to put like a local like a uh, give it a local folder and then it uses plain uh plain text markdown files it's really nice like really really nice it comes in an app image flat pack snap um and then i'm sure it's uh, you know it's available yeah obviously i mean everything is like let's get real 
uh, or if not everything, um, almost everything. All right. Yeah, Obsidian is great, and I don't want to rush you, but Tyler, we made a huge mistake. We only did nine apps. <laughs> we only did nine apps. Because there was an app that I had that didn't have a oh, web page or anything. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so we're, we're kind of going backwards here. Like, like, I wonder why I went through that so fast, because like, we only did nine apps. Okay, so uh, I can't show anybody this because it's uh, – like I said, there's no website. There's no GitHub. I don't know anything about it other than I saw it, found it on a website. Uh, it's called – if I can get this up. It's called Giver. Now, as far as I know, this is in the Ubuntu repositories and the Ubuntu repositories only. It is not in the AUR as far as I can tell. I used the Paru to search for it. It's not there. Basically, what this is is it's similar. If you've ever heard of an app called Snapdrop, Snapdrop is like a web-based application where you can share uh, files between like your phone and your Linux system. Like it's really cool because it's it's designed. Snapdrop is for like sharing between Linux systems is easy with Samba or SSH or whatever. But sharing between your phone and your your computer, like especially if you're on iOS, it's a little bit harder. This is kind of like that, only it's native. Like, you can download an app. It actually has, like, a GTK-based app that you can download uh, if you can find the damn thing. Uh, and <laughs> you can share files between uh, computers and phones that are on the same network. So, that is Giver. But I don't know if this this app actually exists. So, uh, I, I, I don't know if it counts. Uh, so, maybe it was a good thing that we didn't cover it with the, uh, with the other ones. Um, but the thing, like I said, it's not an AUR. I have no way of searching for it in a, the, Ubuntu, the Ubuntu repositories. I just know what the website that gave me, you know, that pointed me towards it said it was in it said it was in the Ubuntu repositories. That could be an old article, so maybe it was ages and ages ago. Um, maybe it's just you know not being developed or been pulled or something like that. But I, I included it because it sounded really cool. Like I would love this application to download because I was going to download it, like use this because I, yeah. I, I could sh like, I hate setting up Samba. Like I can't stand setting up Sham Samba. Uh, I, I I do it, but I don't like doing it. Um, so I'd love yeah. to be able to send files back and forth between this computer and that computer behind me without having to rely on Samba. But I can't find it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can't find it. It's like the the AUR has failed me for like the first time. Ever, <laughs> like it's really weird. Why? Um. Anyway, so that is uh uh, <laughs> like I was sitting here, I was like, why does it feel like we didn't do ten apps? Is because we didn't do ten apps. So, uh, yeah, that's uh. So if seeing as how we got, how long have we been recording for? We've been recording for oh, we made it to an hour. Yeah. We've been no, we've oh, well, wait, hold on. For me, minutes. it's forty-eight minutes. Yeah. So we. Um, 48 minutes. All right. So, in the in the chat, if you have questions, leave them. We'll we'll do a 10 minute question and answer session if if that's okay. Um, so if you have questions, yeah. uh, pop them into the, the the chat and we'll 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 do some chatting. Um, yes. And um, because I am uh, very much like a child, I need to run to the restroom. I'll be back in like 20 seconds. Uh, so yeah, y'all put in your questions and keep I, Matt busy. I, I, I should have asked him if he needed to go potty before he. Before we started, <laughs> what is tail scale? Tail scale. What is that? 
you're you're so sick of Matt uh, always recommending uh, you know maps. I'm sorry about that, Milo. I really am. <laughs> oh, how is Emacs? That's a good question. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit. All right. So my experience with Emacs so far has been um, okay. Uh, I still haven't dug too much into Org Mode and Org Room, which are the two things that are kind of preventing me from doing my next uh, video on it. I don't want to do my next video until I've talked about those a little bit, or you know, used them a little bit. So uh, that's what's preventing me from doing another video on it. So hopefully this weekend uh, I will get delve deep into those and use those for a little while before I can make a video on it. But overall, Emacs is fine. I don't think that I'd be very happy with vanilla Emacs because I would miss the Vim bindings but it's fine. Uh, the thing is, and I'll talk about this in the video that I do eventually make, is that I kind of feel guilty using Emacs because I know that there's so much more to Emacs than the way that I'm using it because I'm just using it as a text editor. Right? Basically, right now, that's all I'm using it for is a text editor and uh, it, it, it feels like you're driving a, a Lamborghini uh to you know work every day you know you, there's someone you, you don't you don't get a lamborghini for a a day-to-day -day car that you you know for, for daily commute you'd feel yeah. guilty if you spent that much money on a car and uh you know <laughs> had to pay the insurance on the car which is probably more than you know your house is worth and uh, you know you're not getting everything out of it. that's the way i feel with emacs i feel because yeah. there's so much there to emacs that i you know uh, I'm just not using, and I don't think I will ever use them because I, the only thing, like I said, I haven't checked out org mode yet. That's that's the rest of it. If I can get attached to org mode, maybe my opinion will change. But right now, for me, it's just a a text editor that has a lot of features that I never use. It's like using an IDE or something like that. I've never you don't used... you don't replace your Civic with a Rolls Royce. That's really what it is. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. So that's a really good metaphor. I think I'm going to keep that. <laughs> All right. So, um, hey, Matt, please check the packages in the repo. I don't I'm, I'm going to need some context for that. I think he's talking about Giver. I didn't find a giver repo. Like I, I searched for it. It's not even. It doesn't. It doesn't even show up on on Google. Besides, like the article that points to it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So, like, I looked. <laughs> like, I spent ten <laughs> minutes looking. I can't find it. Just text the Emacs package, and maybe you'll get inspiration. Oh, he's talking about Emacs. Yeah, I've looked through some of them, and I've enabled some. Like, um, the, the DT. So DT did a video this last week on. Emacs, and I felt very uh, attacked by it because I'm pretty sure he was talking about me, uh, at least in some of those things. Like, you're using Emacs wrong? Like, okay, f first of all, I did learn about the daemon, which I thank him for that because I didn't know about the, the, the daemon thing. So that's cool. It did start up Emacs faster, but I wasn't having a problem with Emacs starting up slow to begin with. It was fine. I'm not one of those people who care that if an application takes four seconds to, op to open up, I don't care. Four seconds isn't going to, you know, it's not going to ruin my day. Um, it, I mean... Probably if I was meaning to stick with Emacs, I'd probably get pissed off, but um, it didn't really bother me. The, but the um, 
Because I, I made a racing video where I, every time I needed to use a terminal, I actually, you know, opened a fucking terminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that Emacs has a terminal built in, but... And he was like, uh, use V-Terminal. You know, V-Term is not actually enabled out of the box in Emacs. So he confused the shitload of people. <laughs> and uh, you have to go through and, you know, enable that. So I did actually go through the uh, packages that you can a- enable in Doom Emacs. And I enabled a few of them, which is cool. Um, I like that that exists. I think it's kind of a better way of uh, like doing plugins in Vim. Uh, but there's just so much shit there that I'm, I'm never going to use. Uh, what are you giggling about there? Tyler Meredith. I, I just had to sneeze, and I didn't think I hit the mute button fast enough, and I was trying to make it quiet, <laughs> and I sneezed, and it was so loud. It's the loudest I've ever sneezed. Usually, when you have to go, when you have to do something quiet, that's when you're gonna be really loud. Um, I didn't think I hit the mute button. I'm very proud of myself. You did a good job. So, um. Yeah, so the, those are just my initial thoughts on Emacs. If you're looking for a video on it, it's probably going to be a couple weeks still. Uh, I'm still and, and uh, Art Center asks if I've been using Space Max. No, I've been using Doom Emacs. Um, I I don't need to be confused more by using a different type of Emacs at this point in my life. I'm just going to stick with what I have. Uh, you can literally set up most of the the Vim stuff in Emacs. I, I know you can. Uh, that's why I'm using uh, Doom. Yeah, it just doesn't out of the box. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing is, and I've talked about this before, is it just makes me feel like I'm using Vim. The only difference is now that I, ha- I have to open up a GUI in order to use my text editor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which, and you have all this extra stuff that you don't necessarily want. Like, there's a Tetris game in Emacs, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, like uh, everyone, everyone who talks about Emacs, I, 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 I know this is not what we were meant to talk about, and I, um, I will probably have to reiterate all this stuff in the video. But everyone talks about how Emacs isn't actually bloated, because all Emacs is is a Lisp interpreter, right? And that's mm-hmm. true to a point, but it also has all these things that are built into Emacs on top of that Lisp interpreter that are included, and it feels. Mm-hmm bloated to me like it's not bloated but it is it feels bloated it has all these features like a tetris game that you don't need it has other games that you don't need it it's like vivaldi you know it has an email <laughs> client my text editor doesn't need an email client like i haven't used the 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 m4e or whatever it's called for the the email it's supposedly really good and uh, i know that it's like an extra thing it's like it's like a, a module on top of it right it's not actually part of the thing you have to enable it and all that stuff so it's not actually bloated but it feels like mm-hmm. it's bloated because yeah. you don't when you use Emacs you're not thinking well I'm gonna open up my Lisp interpreter no I'm opening up Emacs that has all this shit in it um, yeah. so yeah well I mean that's that's the thing like every Emacs like guy is like laughing they're like well duh like it's because you're thinking of it like a text editor it's like that's well that's what I want like that's what I want out of it. I just I just want a text editor yeah the extra features. <laughs> So far, like I said, again, haven't checked out org mode yet, soon. Uh, but so far, uh, Emacs is just a text editor for me. And mm-hmm. Vim is a better text editor than Emacs ever will be. It just is. Yeah. Um, Timer in the chat says you can use Emacs in the terminal. I'm aware of that, but I've been shamed into, into not doing that because apparently that's the wrong way of doing it. Um, and 
then I asked, well, why does the terminal version exist? And that, hi, buddy. (laughs) 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 Anyways, apparently the terminal version exists so that you can use it in a TTY. Um, So, yeah, I can understand why it exists then. Because did you know when you edit, like, when you press E during your Grub boot up and you go into the editor for Grub... That actually uses Emacs. No, it did not. Yeah, see, it does. Um, why it uses Emacs? Like, seriously, Vi is right there. Vi is older. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, why? And it's much. Use... And it's much more like Text renowned. Editor? Like, right? I mean, it's just weird. Um, Gavin says, "I I think you're mixing uh, Doom Emacs and Emacs itself." I I mean. I don't use just regular Emacs. I use Doom, so I don't can't really tell what's you know what's not. I used vanilla for like thirty seconds. Found a couple of key bindings and ran ran away. Like, Kevin's like I I don't know if you saw his last call. He's like I give up at this point. The the what? Emacs people are very very passionate about Emacs, and that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with Emacs. Like I make fun of them, but that's just because of their passion for it. Right? They they make easy targets for 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 mirth. But um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just Vim is my text editor, and I don't. Yeah. I, I have my plugins that I need. I don't add plugins that I don't need. Um, and it doesn't have a Tetris game. You know, I keep coming back to it has a Tetris game. Why does it have a Tetris game? <laughs> I don't know well, why. I mean, the funny part about it is, it's like I mean, like when you really think about it, essentially when you're arguing about whether or not you should use Vim or Emacs, you might as well be arguing about like, well, I really like cheddar cheese, and I can't believe that you would eat pepper jack. You, you like it? Come on, man. It's just preference. Like, yeah. And I'm not like I don't know whether or not that Tetris game is part of Doom or if it's part of Emacs. I don't know. Uh, when I do my critique, I'm going to be basically critiquing Doom Emacs. I'm, I'll try not to say things that will disappoint people who use vanilla Emacs because mm-hmm. you know whatever. But I'm sure I'm going to mix that up because I don't know much about vanilla Emacs other than the keyboarding scared me away. Uh, Wait, make- so hold on. So someone who does a review on Emacs as a Vim user is not an Emacs expert and probably won't get everything correct. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you and say that there, the vast majority of the time that I've been scripting for the last two weeks, when I need to do some things in my script, I just open up Vim. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, the, the thing that that's the, that's the reason why uh, I wanted to use Emacs in the terminal because then I could rebind it. I could just create an alias in the terminal to go to Emacs. And I could even replace my Vim alias w- for that and just use Emacs. So it would just open up Emacs and I wouldn't even know. I mean, I, I wouldn't know, but I mean, you know what I mean? It, it, wouldn't re- it wouldn't require new muscle memory to actually use. But it does because you can't use it in the terminal. You're not supposed to use it there, and you don't get all the features. So I've had to map Emacs to a key binding, and 90% of the time, I don't remember to do it. Like I just hit, I just, I mean, I'm in a terminal already. I just hit V and enter, you know, Emacs, and there's start page. So you know, so, um, but you know, so the the it's the muscle memory that's bothering me. Like it's the, it's the I, I don't remember to open it up. Like I spend some time in it each each day, but I actually have to force myself to go do it because 
it's an extra step. You gotta remember, I don't yep. use GUIs for text editing like, ever. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's been odd for me. Yeah. So those are my thoughts on uh, Doom Emacs. If if you if you're gonna, uh, you know. Well, all Gavin's asking is just spend a little bit more time with it and get used to it. It's not gonna happen. I, like I'm gonna spend more time with it. I'm gonna. T- I, I I've had a tab open to Orgrome for. Three weeks now. I haven't gotten a chance to go to it yet. And I want to because VimWiki has been giving me some errors mm-hmm. that I don't know how to fix. So I would like to go through and see if maybe perhaps VimWiki or uh, OrgRome is an option for me to replace uh, VimWiki with. But, um, you know, I, I haven't got there yet. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, you're like me. You like Vim, man. You don't need anything else. It's fine. That's the reason why I haven't gone through and looked at Org mode or Org Roam yet because I, I, I'm resistant to, to I'm resistant to seeing anything that might be good about emails that might draw <laughs> me away from my precious precious men. Um, but we'll see, buddy. What's the matter, buddy? Sure. <laughs> Anyways, Miguel like, like, asked what was the name of the dog. The name of the dog is Buddy. Buddy. Yeah, it's Zanian Buddy. It's the new logo. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, uh, that video will come up in a couple weeks, times probably, because eventually I'm gonna. Buddy. He's such a good dog. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. Anyways, uh, I didn't. Emacs is a great OS, but comes with poor text editor. <laughs> uh, what will be our next challenge? Okay, so our next challenge is going to be... Oh, hey, easy there, buddy. You have to watch the freaking microphone, boy. <laughs> Bumped his leg on the desk. <laughs> Anyways, our next challenge is going to be Rice Wars. Uh, we still haven't figured out how we're going to go through and film that yet, or any of the details. We haven't... That'll probably it probably at this point won't happen until after the holidays. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. point out that way because we're Christmas is like you know a month away at this point. <laughs> it's very yep. close to being a month away, so uh, it'll probably be after the holidays at this point. But um, anyways, Rice Wars. Basically, the concept if you haven't know, if you don't know what that what we're doing is we're both going to select a single window manager. We both have to do the same window manager, and we're gonna rice it. And, and by rice, I mean we're going to do the bar, we're going to do everything about the window manager, we're going to do Vim, we're going to be the terminal, we'll do the GTK apps, we'll do the cute apps. It has to be from top to freaking bottom, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to time it. The person who does it in the least amount of time wins the challenge. Uh, we just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Uh, now, you did say we're both doing the same window manager, correct? It's going to be the same window manager. That way yeah, I was about to say, because I mean, we could cheat and someone pick Rat Poison and have to theme that, and that took like five seconds. Right, uh, but I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be, it'd be like, if we were, we were if we were to assign window managers to each of us that were different, like, window managers take longer to, like, if you had to theme X Monad, that'd take a lot longer than theming I3. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that is, um, that's the next challenge. Probably the way we're going to do it is we'll just record it on our own. You know what I mean? Like a, the video on our own, and then uh, we'll put it together in a mashup of video and release that as a podcast. Uh, but I don't know yet. It, it, 
we can't do that kind of thing. I don't know how we would go about doing it live. I just, um, well, I, I think the best way of going about doing it would be to take, have each of us record, like give us out the rules and everything. And then, uh, like the window manager that we're going to use and everything, and then have us theme it, each of us recording us theming it and like timing ourselves doing it. Um, and then by the time you're done and everything, you take your video, we, we take both of them, put them together. Yes, I see you, buddy. And then what we do is we both talk live as they play, like in the background. So like, like they just watch both of us theme them Aww. in the background as we talk over it. That could be a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'm and I'm also not opposed to a streaming a us streaming on our channels the actual process of racing it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we could if we wanted to do that. Um, it's not something we have to keep secret. You know, it's just it's a time yeah. challenge, not a. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we could do something cool where we both schedule the streams at the same time, and like we're going to record the streams, like you know, to, to have us playback for when we do it live, or if we do it live, just talking about it. Um, I mean, what we could do is just schedule it at the same time, start, and then that way people can have both the streams, like mute one, watch one, go mm-hmm. over, and like keep up, keep up with both of us, if they yeah. wanted to. That, that's or popular. just root for one person. I just feel like screwed, Saney. I'm keeping up with Matt. <laughs> well, it, it it it's gonna be fun, okay. One thing I know for is I'm really looking forward to it, but I don't want to rush into it without us, you know sitting down and just getting all the, the, the specifics down properly. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that that will probably be after Christmas. Maybe it'll be like our – like we're going to do a prediction show this year um, where we go through and just do predictions because, I mean, if a podcast without a prediction show would be not a podcast at all. Um, mm-hmm. So yep. we'll do a prediction show, and then maybe the episode after that we'll go through and do a, a, the Rising Wars. Uh, we also talked about doing um, – uh, distro wars, right? Where we go through and we we each pick a distro that we hate, and then we mm-hmm. have to uh, defend it <laughs> to the <laughs> other person. Uh, so that's going to happen sometime next year as well. That that'll be uh, the challenge after that, or the two challenges after that. So that'll also be quite fun. So yes. uh, we have some really good stuff coming up. So, anyways, that is, I think that is going to be it for us in on uh, this episode. Before I go, I'd like to take a moment to thank my current patrons. Devon, Chris, East Coast Web, Gentoo's One Two, Patrick L, Primus, Marcus, Meglin, Jackson, Nev Tools, Steve A, Sid A, who is a brand new patron. Welcome, Sid. Um, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I um, apologize. I'm horrible with names. Mitchell, Art Center, Amateus, Merrick, Camp, Joshua Lee, J Dog, and the BSDs Rock. Uh, coming up next week, uh, which will be uh, next week will be. We'll be going through and doing an episode, but the week after we'll be off because of, you know, Turkey Day. Yep. So um, our next week topic is going to be, uh, I think your your next one is going to be, uh, do we really want mostly snaps and flat packs? When we're talking about snaps and flat packs, that should be very uh, a very fun episode because we're going to be bitching about snaps for long time anyways uh, it'll definitely be a rambling one yeah so that is uh that's it for us this episode uh we'll see you next week